A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. Thank you so much for listening. I am a coach. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm the author of the Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. Welcome. I hope you're doing well today. Happy New Year if you're listening to this in the new year. I've got a brilliant guest today, Jess Lively, who is someone that I have followed for a while. And I listen to her podcast. I've done one of her online courses. And we talk about her story of her changing consciousness. We talk about why allowing things to be easy is an option allowing things to be easy and why so often that is difficult for us to do. We talk about how to listen to the inner voice, the intuition, and we talk about manifesting and what this is and how we can start to do it. So this episode is definitely a little bit more on the spiritual side. So whether or not you are of a spiritual inclination, it doesn't really matter, but I suggest having a really open mind with this episode and listening back to this for me really felt like a transmission like I was just downloading some different perspectives when I listened back to what Jess had to say so I really hope you enjoy this just giving you the heads up for the end of February and then that's a little bit away ahead if you listen to this in January but at the end of February I'm running my famous <laughs> confidence challenge and the last time I ran it it was really, really incredible. So many of you said that it actually changed the course of your confidence and made a huge, huge difference. So you can join for free at karmau.com forward slash confidence. Enter your email address there and I'll send you all the details to join at the end of Feb. You'll connect with a community. You will get tools and techniques and strategies for growing your confidence and living the sort of life that you really want to live in 2020. So come on over to karmayou.com forward slash confidence and you'll get all the details there. So let's get into the interview with Jess Lively. Hello Jess. Hi there. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for talking to me. I'm really looking forward to speaking to you. Having listened to your podcast for a long time and I've done your one of your courses so I'm really excited to chat to you. Can you explain what it is that you do and how you help people? I don't even know what the answer to that question is at this point. <laughs> I thought it might than, be the case. Uh, I just do things that make myself happy, that have provided value for me, and then I share those things with others. So at this point, that's looked very different over the years. I've done 10 years of helping and coaching and writing and podcasting and teaching. At this point, I am just interested in expanding the perception of humans beyond the mind. And so the content's geared towards that. And it's fascinating to me. And 
having followed you for, I was trying to figure out, was it maybe like two and a half, three years or something? And seeing how your work has changed over the years. Because <laughs> can you explain about how you started off and a bit about your story to, yeah. to get here? Well, I mean, the general thing was I was just a girl in the U.S., in Michigan growing up and had a kind of university experience in business school that was work hard, play hard. And I was so unhappy with that type of lifestyle given college and how that was going. I was like, there's got to be a better way to live life. I don't know what it is, but I want to find it. And then there's got to, because I need it. First and foremost, I need to find a better way to live life because I'm not happy this way. But then once I figure it out, there's got to be other people that are struggling with that too. And I'll go help them once I figure it out. So it's been the journey of that ever since. And and I know you talk quite a lot about that, of, of kind of getting away from the hustle yeah. and the kind of the pushing and the... I don't know, the fast pace of life that means so many of us burn out to actually a different way of being that's yeah. more flowing. Can you can you talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so I would say like the other day I was crossing the bridge, um, one of them, I think it was Tower Bridge or London Bridge, something, and I was looking at a bird flying over the bridge and then I looked at all the humans walking over the bridge. It's a lot harder to cross the bridge as the human than the bird. So who was putting out more effort in that? scenario to cover the same distance but the methodology is so different and the way i see hustling and efforting in our society as humans right now is like the people walking across the bridge that don't know that they can fly and it's not about airplanes and it's not about physical human beings like catapulting themselves over the bridge but the hustling does move you across the bridge just like your legs will but it's not the easiest and it's not the smoothest and it's not the fastest approach. It's just the one that's most commonly used right now. That's all. And it is the prevailing message from so many areas of work hard. You know, the more you work, the more you're going to achieve. Yeah. And it's just subconscious programming within okay. the collective. So the collective. So if you think about the cells of the body, I like to kind of because the mind needs to relate still. So even though I'm interested in vibrational communication and going beyond your mind and getting to the essence of you and communicating there, for the mind to get on board even to open up to that, you've kind of got to talk it into giving it a sales pitch of some kind. So the way I like to pr break it down for my mind or for others is to think of each human of the species as like a cell in the body. So if you have 7 billion cells in the body, 7 billion people, souls on the planet, then each one is a part of this greater whole, this species of humanity. What we don't see, but ultimately I believe is playing into all of this, is that there are thought patterns that are prevalent in the species. And that gets passed down, as you would know, from hypnotherapy or studying the development of the brain. Zero to eight, you're downloading everything in your environment. And you don't have, because you're in the alpha-theta brainwave state, you don't have, uh, you don't have the logic yet. You or actually, no, sorry, I made that wrong. Theta alpha state. You're in the theta alpha state from zero to eight. Beta is where logic sets in. But when you're zero to eight, you don't have the ability to reason because that's at a higher brainwave state that's not there yet. So you're downloading all these patterns from your family, from your society, and you have no way of knowing if it's wrong or right. But it does provide a really useful thing. You learn how to tie your shoes and you don't have to figure out how to retie your shoes every single day. You kind of just put into the subconscious and the memory, muscle memory is there and it just happens automatically. So there's a lot of beauty in how the brain develops, but there's also patterns and thoughts and beliefs that get implanted as well. So is it useful to cross the street and know how to walk and tie your shoes? Absolutely. But is the thought pattern that you've also been receiving 
useful. Other humans, think of it, like we were cavemen not too long ago. The thought patterns are still archaic as well. That doesn't mean they're stuck there. They're just where our minds are at as a species overall. That's changing, however, with the advent of the awareness of how the programming works and to be able to question it instead of just living from it blindly like most humans have up to this point. And what would you say are the things that hold us back the most? What are those programs that you see in in people? Well... The worthy, to be honest, like to go really deep, the belief that you are worthy and deserving of ease and flow in your life, am I someone that can really deserve to have everything be easy and everything be flow? That doesn't mean that everything is what the mind perceives as good all the time, but am I allowing myself the potential to not suffer in this reality when the species believes that it's necessary? And who am I to have that if so many other people are still suffering in the belief that they can't choose otherwise? So, so we look <laughs> at other people, you know, who are who are suffering, and we think, who am I for this yeah. to be and easy? Then, who and then in America, be? they use the word privilege, and they mm. say, well, who are you? And it's like, well, I, I work with clients and their inner voices all day long. So I work with anyone that wants to work with me and I get them out of their mind and into the enlightened part of themselves for two hours. The human that I'm speaking to doesn't believe in their mind what they're receiving from their inner voice. Yet they're able, because I'm able to help them dive deeper than their mind-brain conditioning into this deeper part of themselves. And so there could be people that are, like I've worked with an African-American woman, immigrant woman who lives in LA. So she wasn't African-American by like her history, but her family immigrated from Africa recently, but she still has a lot of, in her mental conditioning based on the society she's grown up in, a lot of stories around that. But when we get her deeper than that, or any other person of any ethnicity, of any gender, of any sexual orientation, it's so fascinating as I see them all coming to me from so many different conditioning, so many different vessels coming in, but the inner voice of all of them says the same things. And so what I've noticed is that Underneath all the conditioning and underneath all of the human mind stuff or whatever vessel they're poured into, whether their skin color is whatever, whatever lifestyle choices they've made, (laughs) the essence is the same. And they say that we have all chosen this at the deeper level, not that the mind, my mind, for my knowledge, did not get to choose Jess Lively and my parents and where I was and what skin color I had. No mind chose, but the essence within that body and vessel did. And that can be a very difficult thing for a mind to accept. But that doesn't mean that every inner voice I've ever worked with has said that that's true. And they all say also that the purpose of reality, when I get them deeper, and I go, breathe deep, breathe deep. I know the human doesn't know the answer. But when they get there, they all say something to the effect of you're here to have fun. You're here to play. You're here to enjoy it and to create and be in the experience of what it is. It is not supposed to be hard. It never needed to be. But that conditioning that the humans have played through this total freedom, total sovereignty of their experience has been choosing the hard route. Even though they don't want it, they've chosen it. And it's not that anyone in this species right now today necessarily chose it. It's just become a default pattern of choice over the evolution of the species. But again, that's not permanent. It's just been the way I looked at it recently in a show with an amazing teacher was like the idea of right now humans make Caesar salad. We don't 
humans didn't always eat Caesar salad, but it's a recipe that's currently being created. And right now, most Caesar salads include croutons. Now, you don't have to have a Caesar salad. Humanity doesn't need to eat that type of food. And when they do, they don't have to include croutons. Reality never defined it by its crouton nature. But croutons are allowed because they're part of this experience. So things like suffering or things like hustle or things like hard work or all of those other things have just been added to a recipe that humans have decided to make for the time that they're deciding it's tasty. They don't need to, but they right now don't believe they have a choice to stop eating the croutons and to stop making the salad. I love the way I've described things. <laughs> I try to break it down in a really natural, easy way, like very childlike. It doesn't need to be difficult. It doesn't need to be uh, this like ethereal nature because all things are ethereal in nature all things are spiritual even the croutons in the caesar salad can you can you explain a bit for people listening about the the mind and the inner voice and the kind of distinction mm-hmm. between that because some people listening if they haven't heard your show might be thinking well, what is that can you yeah. get into that a bit people call it the intuition and they can have a gut instinct and to be clear like you don't need to get words from this place within yourself this place within yourself is your essence is the truest you beneath the mental conditioning beneath the thought that part is you it is also you your mind is a facet of you so the way that i look at things another analogy is to think of um if you're looking at your phone screen or you're looking at a computer screen right now as you're listening there's many many pixels on the screen the ma- so the essence of you let's say the consciousness that you are is the entire screen and all of the pixels combined and it's having the awareness of all the pixels. Your mind is like one single pixel on the screen. So most people are living their perception of this reality, running their attention and their awareness strictly through, almost strictly, not completely strictly, but mostly through that one single pixel of what they are. Is that what they are? Are you the mind? Yes, is that a facet of you? But is one single pixel, the whole screen, not a chance? So. I am devoted to helping people perceive beyond that single pixel, helping them to access that other part. Now, the inner voice part, to go back to that. So the mind being the single pixel, the inner voice part has access to the broader perspective of the whole screen. So instead of just looking at one single focus of this five sensory reality, it has the total scope. So it's the one that's able to tell the person whether they want to hear it or not in their mind when they're working with me that reality is here for fun. They're not here to be striving or successful in the sense that their parents taught them they needed to be, that they're completely deserving and worthy of love no matter what they do. I ask, if you killed someone, would you still, if the person, let's say, if Samantha killed someone, because I always talk to the inner voice directly and I use a way to separate the mind so that they kind of calm down. As I say, I talked about the mind separately to the, the facet of the inner voice. And I say, if Samantha, for example, killed someone, would you still love her? And it always says yes. I was like, is there anything they could ever do, this human that you're a part of? Is there anything you, they could do that would make you not love them? And there's never a possible conclusion. But the mind and its judging nature and its duality perception always thinks that it needs to deserve and be worthy of. So it's kind of that big issue. But to go back to the inner voice, it's this eternal, essential essence that can use words when needed, but it's really to communicate to the mind. It's not required. The feelings that you have within yourself, deeper than the mental emotional conditioning, might I add, because that's a whole nother layer of the mind, the mental emotional triggers, projections, 
old fears and old emotions that are trapped within the Eckhart called it the pain body. I've heard that Michael Singer, although I haven't followed his work, I believe references samskaras. I might be using that term wrong because it's not been my journey with it. I call them the beanbags. But there's a lot of mental emotional conditioning that's still part of the mind. But underneath that part, the peaceful, essential, loving nature is there. And so I love to help people release their perception and attachment just to the mind alone to get to that other part of themselves. And that part's the like the wisdom. So that's where I think like Splinter, Yoda, um, Mr. Miyagi, they all say very few words and all very wise. What I see that that is, is the person accessing the unconditional nature and wisdom beneath the mind. That's all they're doing. And that's why, and I've done this for so long with inner voices, it needs so few words. I can have an entire two-hour conversation with an inner voice that says one word to every question I ask. And the depth of that conversation is a million times deeper than the mind could ever possibly have. It's amazing because the essence doesn't need words to communicate, but it can choose them when necessary for the mind to catch up. So... If I'm getting this right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, I'm, just, the I'm mind, not holding back. <laughs> the, the mind is like the the kind of the fearful, almost like the ego. Yeah, it is. Like, it is. It is. So the Completely. scared part, the separate part, the anxious part. The thinking part. The thinking part. And actually there's this deeper part The knowing us, part. The, the knowing loving part. part. Okay. The breathing okay. part. The, the intuition or the inner voice. Is yeah, often, That's, I, just, I just say that because it simplifies it. Yeah. Yes, can you meditate to a place where your mind is able to receive perspective beyond just what we would call the inner voice? Yes, some people can do that. But everyone that I work with can get to the element of just their deeper nature within themselves. That's beyond the mind. So I want to hear more about that in a sec. But I want to circle back to what you said about um, the kind of the fear of well, not allowing things to be easy. Yeah. Now, I imagine people are listening and thinking, but you don't understand. I've got this problem and this is going on in my life. And what about this? How do you help people to get past those those resistances from seeing that life should be fun and life should be easy? It's an option. You're the chef. You choose what your salad's made with, or even if you want to eat a salad. You are totally sovereign but your level of awareness is not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. You just are where you are right now. So if we're to look at someone and say, why aren't you thinking like Jess is? Who the hell knows how many lifetimes I've had? Who knows truly what experience has led up to this one that I'm currently in, nor for the other person? There's someone, for example, in my family that I used to judge in my mind, of course, the mind is the judging aspect. So the mind used to judge and say, well, why didn't they know better or do differently? And now I don't know that I have no qualification or like proof on the physical level, but my new perception I'm choosing, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels very resonant, is more of the potential that this person is newer at this game of life called, think of it like The Sims, the computer game I used to play when I was little. They're newer to the game. So, of course, they don't have all of the things. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody has to go through a certain amount of lifetimes to to achieve a certain result. We're not like cogs in a wheel. But I do think there is a general progression of leaves on a tree that sprout, that grow, that take in the light and photosynthesis and eventually fall off the tree. But no leaves fall or sprout at exactly the same instant. So everyone's just on the journey of that cycle of that tree over and over and over again. And me looking at a leaf next to me and saying, why aren't you thinking this way? 
what's wrong with you? That's rude. Who am I to get in the way of that sovereign being's journey? There's much God or essence or soul source as I am. I'm not here to get in their way, but I am here to live my deepest truth and to expand myself to what's deepest and truest within myself. And if others resonate with it, wonderful. And if they don't, be where you are, be where you can feel most comfortable, but also know if this isn't feeling comfortable wherever you are, that's okay too. And what the journey I've gone on is hardly comfortable to the mind. It's actually been unplugging a ton of different programs in the mind and from mass consciousness. But I know that I know that I know deep down to hold back out of fear and not try would be to be limiting myself. But that doesn't mean that's true for everyone. So, and it doesn't mean I always did that. So I'm just where I am right now, just like someone else is where they are right now. And I have so much compassion for whatever they're going through. If their mind is holding on in fear about trying hard in some area of their life, it is horrifying to the mind to let that go because there's so much emotional pain locked into that fearful state in that area of their life that's going to be needed to be released in order to have true flow and energy movement through that area in a natural way. And that is a very deep, personal, and to-the-mind scary process. It's only held the fears and the emotions that it's tracked from long experiences long before because it was afraid. And now it has to face what it was afraid of, which I can say, having gone through so much of it, it's really just a bunch of tears and crying and breathing and not like in a negative way, but just in a releasing. It's like a bunch of rainstorms for humans for a very, very long time have been trapped and they haven't been allowed to rain. And so everybody's got these clouds stuck in their system they're not aware of until situations in their life provoke, poke, not like provoke in a negative way, but they just illuminate where those clouds haven't rained yet. And so you have to let go of those rain clouds before the energy can actually be there in a fearless state. So I have so much compassion and no rush whatsoever, but also that the potential exists is good to know too. Mm, yes. <laughs> and so it's kind of reminded me of, I don't know, like Buddhist teachings that are all about remembering that actually there is there is a way to not suffer. <laughs> Being free of suffering is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and if we if we can get into that different state of mind, different state of consciousness, then life can become easy. But you actually do it through facing the fears and through feeling the fears that were previously too scary to the mind to face. So I'm really curious for you yeah. then. So what was what was that like for you to get rid of the the inner? It's still happening. Yeah, it still happens on a regular basis. There's been a hundred of them I've gone through in the last year, I would say, or so, maybe more. Um, and different areas of my life, it's taken different amount of years and processing. So body and um, exercise and so forth was something that I dealt with probably first years and years ago, then work and then um, money. And then this last year has been about relationship. And there's been so much releasing, to be honest, and everyone that might knows my audience knows I'm very open. Um, there's so much. I'm like, oh, my goodness, how much compassion can I have for this little human? I'm like, how does she, 35-year-old Jess, have this much pain to be released? I don't even know if it's all just from one lifetime because it just seems like massive if I really look at what's been released versus what I would have thought would be there. But I just have to have compassion and have the courage to keep going. And as I do... 
it gets to this beautiful, beautiful place of instead of having to effort or strive, it just shows up and you let it go and then you move on and then you're just like dropping things. It's like a, a, a snake shedding its skin. Eventually, it's not nearly so effortful. It's just happening and then you just look at situations as like this beautiful rock that your snake knows is going to rub that snake skin off just a little bit more and instead of fearing those situations you go oh good a bit more of that stuff's going to go away and some of the mind holds on to its personality traits that it loves so dearly and i'm not saying that everyone's if you love ice cream to the deepest core of your being you probably will continue to like ice cream but other things that you may have held a bit dearly may not be quite as satisfying after this character trait has been released in some way through the ego deconditioning. But at the same time, you get to this other place where you see those aspects of yourself and facets that you don't always love, these patterns that you have in yourself. And you go, ah, oh, I've had the moment where I'm like, can't wait for that one to go away. But I don't need to make it go away. I just know it's inevitable that it shall. And so now I can just watch it in compassion, see it come up and know it's not here forever. And are you, it sounds <laughs> it's like it's so weird for people, but I'm not going to hold back because there's not very many people that are in this exact phase of it that aren't the sensei, that aren't the Eckhart Tolle's, that are in the journey of it, real time sharing how it is in different points of the journey. I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. So many questions. So it sounds like you're at a point where it's almost happening automatically. It is. It's happening for everyone automatically. Okay. They just don't realize it. And yeah. then your mind thinks... At some point, it's like life gets difficult and you have to face things. And so then you go, okay, I'll go into the spiritual journey. And then that can become a new persona for the ego. And then it goes in and tries to effort and be the perfect student at enlightenment. I'm so spiritual. Yeah, and I'm going to get rid of it all. I have a client, I'll teach them how to release. Yeah. And then they'll go, how do I get rid of it? I'm like, you're, of course your mind is going to want to try to go mm. get rid of three a day. And like in six weeks, it's like losing 15 pounds on some crash diet. Of course, the mind wants to <laughs> linearize this, wants this to be in some fashion or form that it gets to control. Of course, it wants that. But the truth is, life is that leaf's going to fall off the tree. Life, the wind's going to blow. The frost is going to come in. Like life is going to happen, and that leaf will eventually fall. So you don't even have to strive at it. But the awareness sets in, and as you start to kind of and you know what? There's a bit of time where you strive and you try to do some journeys and you go to a bunch of meditation retreats and you go to a bunch of things and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But it's not needed either. Like that's like asking a leaf to go to a retreat so it knows how to fall off a tree or asking people to go to retreats and they know how to die. You just do. It just happens. It's just a part of the experience. But the realization part, the deconditioning of the brain part, is not necessarily in every single lifetime. So yes, you'll die in every lifetime. But the realization element, that is still so new, especially to stay on the planet and to do so and not be a Jesus or a Buddha 2,000 years ago. But as Eckhart says in the book I love so much, um, like 140 million years ago, the first flower blossomed. And it was probably very rare until another one did because eventually the whole planet was covered in flowers. And I asked my inner voice recently, like a year or so ago, why did I come at this time? Why did I come into this one? And it, I heard, you want to be here in the springtime or you wanted to be here in the springtime. And what I knew about that when I heard it was such an eloquent, beautiful way of showing me that the springtime of consciousness, going from the winter season and seeing the budding of consciousness. That's what I'm excited about. So for people that maybe haven't heard of that concept before, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, humanity is waking up and we are becoming more conscious mm -hmm. and um, that's a good thing. And um, 
And I'm curious about, so do you think, you said people don't necessarily need to go to meditation retreats or whatever. No. Do you think they But don't not be... go if you want to go. And it's yeah. like the most fun thing you possibly think of doing. And you'd rather do that than go to some concert. Then go to a meditation retreat. Have fun. Because your whole point, as my inner voice, or every inner voice I've ever worked with says, is play. So if the meditation retreat is the most fun, playful thing you can think to do, go do it. Do you think people need a certain amount of awareness to begin to be aware of what's happening or not? Does, I think that, that right it now it's or? very useful. Yeah. I don't think it's essential. Mm. So it's not a yes or a no. I think right now it's very useful. Consciousness, mass consciousness is still so mired in the fearful old programming. It's still, think of the selves of the body, right? So the majority of them are all living this one reality. But as people start to unplug from that reality, think of the scales. The scales start to tip. More and more cells are choosing another way of living. More and more cells are choosing to opt out of croutons in their salad. More and more alternatives are being presented. More and more light is coming to the planet in terms of consciousness and awareness of choice. And so the mass consciousness believes weakens as people stop believing it and as they start to believe something different and hopefully to me go into themselves not into a teaching not into a guru not into just lively not into anything else that's why I'm so obsessed with the inner voice because this is in themselves they don't have anyone else to look to they know they no longer need to look to anyone else because they know where the deepest truth for themselves lies that's what all of the religions and spiritual teachings were trying to get to but people just looked at other people as the vessel rather than themselves and if i have one thing on this planet that keeps me interested it's knowing that that's ultimately true and that It's not my choice to choose what people's sovereign experience in this lifetime is, but it's my deep belief and realization that they have it and they can choose it if they want to. And I'm just here sharing for those that are ready for it, if they like it, and if they're ready to look to themselves rather than to a book, rather than to a coach, rather than to a guru. Because I suppose we can give our power away if we're looking to... Yeah, we're sovereign beings giving our power away. And Mm. that's what 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 a fun play. What a nice play to pretend to be a servant when you're really the master. So if people are listening and thinking, I've never heard my inner voice before, mm-hmm. what, what would be like the first step to doing that? Um, I would say writing it's easier than just doing it straight without writing. That's where I started. So try to write down a question and maybe not the most terrifying question to your mind ever, like, should I leave this job if you're terrified? I don't know if you should, or should I leave this relationship? Maybe not the strongest question you've ever heard in your life or could imagine, but just write more general questions. And yes and no's can be hard. So sometimes open-ended questions are better to start with because you can, it goes both ways. Yes and no's can be sometimes easier, but also if they're on very specific questions, like leaving a job or a relationship, those can be hard because the mind has so much fear, it will block. So asking an open-ended question to a topic that your mind's really fearful about is sometimes easier. And then if you're not sure if you heard it, ask, did I hear that from my inner voice or my mind? Follow up, have a conversation. And a lot of people will ask and they're not sure and then they walk away. And it's like, well, ask him more questions. Like, just keep trying. Quieting the mind is useful. That doesn't mean you have to do some formal meditation beforehand. But also exhaling. When I work with my clients, I have them exhale. Because when the mind holds the breath, it holds your thought. Or when it's thinking a thought, it holds your breath. So exhaling is the way to let thoughts go. So simple. So powerful. But people don't usually exhale to the amount that will blow the thoughts away. 
they just because when I ask a question and if I ask you when I've done this with so many people, I notice the shift happens automatically throughout the session. At some point, the person because I've been breathing with them for however long, an hour, two hours, whatever it's been at some point. They will exhale when I ask the question rather than inhale, which I know they're inner, they're listening for the answer rather than thinking a thought. So that's, that's some some tips. Fascinating. Yes. I've also done many things on my show yeah. and on YouTube if you want, are interested in this to watch me do it with other people to get much more practical and actually see it happen in real time. That would be like the place to go so don't worry if you're just kind of like oh, i don't really get what jess said like there are as many resources on especially on youtube we did it with a bunch of people live with the studio audience yeah it's very cool it's very cool to see people tap into that and how you're able to really notice when people go into the mind so into the yeah the anxious thoughts or the mind trying to control or becoming fearful and actually dropping into that inner voice again yeah. And actually, the, the clarity that comes from that inner voice is completely different. Couldn't, you, couldn't you see it too? You can totally yeah, you you can can tell. see it. You can see it in the people. You, and you are extremely intuitive in that you can just pick up from like the way someone says something that, oh, is that coming from your mind? Yeah. You just, well, also like, the answers. Because I've, yeah. I mean, I've, the inner voice is so consistent in its frequency. So it will say things in different words for different people. It's not like I'm having a routine conversation. But the point of view at that level is remarkably consistent. And I would never go against someone's inner voice if they truly got some deep answer that went against everyone else's. Fine, so be it. But so far, only mental conditioning has prevented the answers to not be consistent. And that's very rare because they're usually able to go through the conditioning. I mean, I just worked with a, a rabbi and I didn't know he's a rabbi. Because I just say, are you ready to go into your inner voice or deeper into yourself than you ever have before? And then they say, yes. That's the first question I ask them. And then I never know anything else about them in the mind because it's not important to me. I want them to have every ounce of the time together in this essence of themselves because this is the gift that I have to share with them for that amount of time. Not to have, the, not to hear their life story and their mind's drama that just wants to talk to Jess. I don't want to talk to their mind. I want them to hear from themselves as much as I can give them the time to. So I didn't know this man's background. He just said yes, and we started going, and then we got to this essence element, which often happens in the in the sessions where he realized he was God, or the essence of what people call God, not the only God, just a part of what people consider God, and he had a hard time with it, and I wasn't aware of his background, so I just kind of kept having him breathe and listen and listen and like open up, open up, and then he got that, and then it later came out in the session that he was a rabbi, I was like, oh my gosh. How much conditioning did he just go through in order to get to this part of himself and to open up to that and to be the living energy that he's been teaching about and learning about, but to embody it rather than to be regurgitating others' information? It's amazing. And actually, I just got an email from him because the inner voice of him encouraged him to start doing his lectures without preparation beforehand, to trust that they would come through, that his inner voice would do the lectures for him. And he lectures 10 times a week. Five, he said, were easy, kind of lower level, and five were more advanced. Some of the people are even older than him. So just imagine all these older Jewish men, and he's the rabbi, and he's got... So he had a lot of fear about trusting. And he just emailed me this morning. I saw the email saying he's been doing it, and it's been going so much better than he ever could have imagined. He's still, his mind still has a little bit of doubt. Like, can it still be this easy and good? And can I keep going? Will it ever stop? But he said, so far, the results have been amazing. And the energy of the room has been better. Everyone's been relating more. And it's just amazing to see the essence of the teachings are now entering a place that's usually mental. 
That's so powerful. And I know, you know, a lot of people listening have some form of anxiety and it's the it's not being able to trust yourself is so at the root okay, of anxiety. So you're not gonna so here's what I would say. You don't have to trust okay, what you're trusting is not your mind. Your mind does not have to trust itself. Because it is the anxious, nervous place. Okay. It is the place that doesn't have the answers. So, and it's totally normal and natural that that part would be worried and concerned. But what you're trusting is the whole screen of you, not the one pixel of you. Now, that takes some baby steps. You don't have to, like, jump off a bridge because it told you to. You don't have to go quit the job or the relationship. You can ask what you should order for dinner tonight at the restaurant. You can start with what nail polish color do you want? I remember one time I asked that to because I love it for all different things. And it loves to say like the blue one, the blue one or whatever. And one time I said <laughs> with the nails, I said, what should I, it said orange with a little bit of white. And I was like, oh, this is so specific. <laughs> okay, what an interesting thing. Orange with a little bit of white. So I go to the salon and I look at the colors. I'm like, what is orange? And I was like, oh, coral. I guess, that, or peach. I guess that's, <laughs> my inner voice doesn't know the word peach. <laughs> so it says orange with a little bit of white. But now I know I never would have said that mentally as orange with a little bit of white. That's such yeah. a unnecessary way of describing peach. So that's one of the ways. And when it tells me to wear the jemmy earrings, I'm like, what are the jemmy earrings? And then I go in my whole assortment. I'm like, oh, I guess this is what they're describing as jemmy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It's just amazing. So you don't have to start yeah. with like the biggest thing. But if you do it in the smaller things and you watch the results as you go, it'll help you to build up upon, upon them to the bigger things. And the choice is always yours. So you know, you always have free will. You can always choose in your awareness to live the desires of the mind or you have the choice as the awareness to live the knowing of the inner voice. You never have to follow one over the other. You always have the free will. But I just have the, I just encourage people to have the courage to look in themselves for what they can gather at that point in time because it can be such a smoother ride. So listen to the inner voice. Listen to the inner voice. If it's interesting. If it's not, then that's fine. It doesn't have to be something you do. It's just there for you if you want to have the magic eight ball of your own life at every point. And if you want to have a fun, magical, playful life, that's where it's that is. It's available. <laughs> yeah. What about... Um, kind of manifesting I want to ask yeah. you about this oh, yeah. I don't know if you still talk much about this but I did a course of yours called flow with intention which is kind of about yeah kind of about this for people that don't, maybe don't know what is manifesting can you so explain? manifesting is creating your own reality you are doing that already so your life is already the creation of your own consciousness even if you don't like it <laughs> You won't like me saying this, that I guess mm. if you don't like your life and you aren't ready for the responsibility and it doesn't mean that you did it on purpose and that you wanted it. Like if you have a skin rash, it's not because you wanted to have a skin rash, but there's something energetically that's creating that rash that's in your system. Does that mean? And it doesn't need to be a physical, purely just a physical thing or, or where the immunity is blocked. Right. So the immune system may be the reason or one of your other systems of your body, but the trapped energy in that system that's blocking and making that specific symptom happen and appear for you versus a different symptom that could be, let's say, for example, so many people know that stress is uh, such a catch all for discomfort and disease in the body. How that manifests this concept of stress is so multifaceted. So it's interesting to see where is the energy being restricted and then how is that coming out? Now, that is a very 
totally different topic we don't have to go into. But actually, actually, swing, swing me back to I'm going off on a big, big tangent. Oh, manifesting. So you're manifesting whether those things like that, you want them or not. But also, let's say you have a lot of confidence and you have a lot of knowingness that you're always going to like like some people I work with will usually have an area of the life that's very clear or a few areas that they don't resist. They don't struggle. Their mind does not get involved. They don't worry. Some people just have a natural set point of health. And so their bodies, they never really have to worry about it. They think they can eat whatever they want. And so they, as a result, have this body that's easy and natural and flows. Other people can have that as their number one mental struggle that their mind tries to control the most. Whichever one you focus on, especially in a sense of a problem, is usually the one that's most stuffed up because the energy is flowing less freely and naturally as it does. The people that have the natural body point usually either don't pay any attention to it and just trust that it's going to be fine and it is or they have a huge passion and love for exercise and food and fitness and so there's this enjoyment and this thriving sense that they have from it and those are just because they're either not blocking it or they're truly getting passion from it so those are all positive manifestations everything is a creation of kind that is energetically relating to what you're putting out into this reality. Once you realize that and you get on board to some level with that, then you get kind of curious on how could you be more deliberate with it? That's probably the next phase. So the mind goes, oh, how can I get all the money I want? And how can I have all these things that your mind thinks it wants? And you can do that in the flow with intention class. It's great. And so was my, my life was amazing. And I got so many things, but not everything. And that's for me specifically because of the emotional patterning and the who know like who I had no clue of how much emotional, mental, old feeling was left in the relationship area. That's where my mind was trying. So all these other areas, the big thing is relaxing and allowing the essence of you to bring to you things that match this trusting, positive, vibrant energy towards these areas of your life. But the things that it struggles with, the things it worries about, the mind ends up becoming this huge liability to that focus because as the attention's gone through the filter of fear, it creates that energy consistently. It just keeps perpetrating whatever you're putting out. So whatever signal, and it's really your vibration. It's not your thoughts. So it's not just saying the words I'm abundant or I'm healthy and vibrant. It is when you are even just saying the words, are you truly feeling it? If you're not, the words mean nothing. It's the feeling that you have that shows you where the truth is. And that can even be a whole journey of even figuring out for the first time, what am I really feeling? So it's a big topic, but it is something that is a part of the path. And you go through it usually with the idea of trying to manipulate it with the mind and also stop interfering with the mind. And then you may get to a place where it might be fun to choose to let go altogether from the mind and stop trying to manipulate it so much, but that doesn't mean negating the fact that you know you're creating your reality. You're just no longer so obsessed with controlling it from the mind's perspective. And you just kind of trust that the whole screen has some fun things in store <laughs> and you're really to, ready to find out what they are. And it doesn't mean you stop having desires. It just means you stop trying to make those desires happen with all the effort mentally or with action. So I suppose there are things like the the secret documentary yeah. that kind of made it out like you can just say affirmations about mm, wanting money yeah. and you get that and I know that's not your no here's what I would jam. say about the secret if you're interested in that if, okay, if that's what your reference point to this is okay 
gravity. Is gravity a thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, gravity is a thing. <laughs> so if we made a documentary about gravity, could we make a good documentary and could we make a really bad documentary about the subject of gravity? Yes. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the law of attraction <laughs> to me and to my perception of this reality is true. Now, do you have to call it law of attraction? You can call it gravity. <laughs> that which is like unto itself is drawn. Like the objects are drawn to the planet. So like gravity is another word you could use instead of law of attraction if you wanted to. I'm not trying to say, let's just change it to the word gravity. But I'm just saying, if you don't love the phrase law of attraction, don't get attached to that. And don't let the like the spiritual woo-woo <laughs> community throw you off to the fact that this reality is created through consciousness drawing to it what it's focused upon because that's the essence of it all. And gravity is doing that in its own reality right now. But the documentary itself, The Secret, I would say don't put any stock into saying this is true or not true based on a documentary someone made about gravity. It doesn't make gravity not useful or not real if you don't like how someone put it together and the people they interviewed. It just means that that's just not the best documentary for the content, but it doesn't make the concept any less true. So just... So let's see if I got this right. So it's more about our own vibration. And if we can remove the things that are kind of getting in the way of our mm -hmm. vibration, I don't know, it's like positive vibration or something. We yeah. need to get rid of the old programming yeah. so that we can vibrate in, in alignment with yeah. the things that are good. Yeah. Or what things we want. Yeah. Or even just like get rid of the focus on what you don't want. Because the universe, mm. it's like, so your consciousness Another way of looking at this is the reticular activating system in your brain. So when you buy a new car and you suddenly see that car on the street or you're dating someone that has a certain type of car and then you see that type of car on the street everywhere, that's your reticular activating system sorting and sifting this reality to focus on that specific type of object because now your mind has deemed it important. Now, every second we're taking in, I think it's 400 billion pieces of information, but we're only aware of like 23 hundred which is like an insane amount i remember i used to do this with the class i was like point zero 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 one percent five percent of reality is like what we're actually aware of based on what's actually being coming in so we're sifting and sorting whether we're aware of it or not so you can even just look at it like that but that said what you sift and sort and you continue to sort is what's your mind is deemed important now if it's in fear mode it's going to deem fierce important it's going to find things to match that importance if you are totally relaxed and trusting and allowing of those other areas of your life you're just like flowing with it and you just see the good things because your mind's not in fear trying to protect yourself against anything in that area so really this mind contraption which is meant to be a useful tool i even asked a teacher it's beyond the mind like why the hell like why what a, what a messed up twisted reality you've made why the mind have this like anxiety have this fear why go through this whole thing just to like go through your little avatar and unplug all the, the fear and stuff why would you choose that it's like why would you make this reality based on that and they said we didn't this reality wasn't set up so that humans had to go through this amount of fear and this amount of unprogramming and this amount of focus like your mind is like being used at a very high level, higher than it was intended to be used. But they said that I even asked this to an inner voice once, a normal person's inner voice. I said, why, why the murders? Why all the, the difficult stuff? And it said, and it's so simple and wise, all is allowed. This reality doesn't have bumper lanes. It's not a bumper bowling situation. There is every vibrational 
frequency you as a sovereign being can choose. You don't need to experience every single one, but there's none of them that are off limits. There's no movie in the movie store you can't rent. You're allowed to watch every movie because ultimately the essence of you doesn't ever stop existing. So even if it goes through some crazy story in this lifetime, it's not its only story. It just watched a movie. The essence of you is like more equivalently watching a movie and then goes on and watches another movie and another movie. And it would be boring to always watch the same type of movie for a thousand lifetimes. That would get boring. So you would change it up. But the mind over the time of all of that freedom and over the time of all of that choice kind of started making that Caesar salad and kind of started putting in those croutons, kind of started getting to the suffering and then this overuse through the game playing itself out, but it's not needed. And so when it comes to manifesting to tie it all back to that, it's useful to have preferences in the reality, but it's not essential to create the reality once you've made the preference. And so there's this really interesting dance we're going through to let go of the resistance to not having something once we have a preference made and to trust that that or something better can come without our efforting and action having to be the reason that it arrives. So there's something about let, letting go of the outcome Yeah. that releases that resistance to... Yes, because when the mind's so focused on the outcome, mm-hmm. what it's vibrationally aware of is that it doesn't have the outcome yet. Mm-hmm. So even this is where the affirmations and this is where the whole idea of like this, you could, can get kind of misconstrued and you go, I'm doing this all the time. But no, are you more aware? I, I say in the show and in, with class, are you thirsty for the thing? Because if you feel thirsty for it, like you haven't had it yet and you're excited for that thirst to be quenched, that's the vibration that doesn't have it yet. If you already feel as if you already have whatever that thing is and you don't need it because you've already drank the water, you don't need the water because you already drank it. That's the vibration of having it. So just getting the whole mind off the subject altogether can often be easier. It doesn't mean also that you're canceling the desire. The desire is not canceled just because you take your mind off it. But it does mean the resistance is less likely to come. So for example, years ago, I watched my friends, well, they're now my friends, but at the time I just watched Mimi and Alex Icon uh, go on this big hike in, uh, I think it was in Scotland. And I, it was a free day hike and it looked so fun and I got fascinated by it. And I wanted to find a hike like that in America to go on. This is years and years ago. And I couldn't find one that was equivalent because the hiking in Scotland's very unique terrain and difficulty wise and like it's kind of perfect. Well, I let it go. And three years later, I ended up going on this Buddhist meditation retreat based on this author that wrote me an email and then had lunch with me. And he said, go to this meditation retreat. So I sign up and I go and I pick the hill climbing option. This is all years later, totally forgotten what I had previously wanted. And then the last day of the retreat or one of the big climbs we did was like the sister climb to what they had done. I didn't have to plan a thing. Another time I wanted to go on a safari while I was traveling alone and I didn't want to go alone because I figured it's just gonna be a bunch of honeymooners and couples and I just don't want to sit on the truck with like all these couples per se. They just didn't seem fun to me. So I let it go. I was three years ago in Africa, didn't go on a safari, but I wanted to. And then this summer, or sorry, this January, on the third date with this guy that I started dating, he invited me because he had just got invited to a safari in Africa and he took me with him. It was our fourth date. Amazing. We had nine days on this, all, <laughs> all expense paid. All I had to do was buy a ticket. I didn't have to plan a thing. And it was perfect. Didn't stay with the guy, 
but I got to go on the safari. And not only that, I had not been wearing glasses or contacts for two years, which my audience knows all about. And so I could see at varying levels, like pretty clearly, but not always clearly, and especially not for a safari to like see the animals very well. He, the guy that I dated, had uh, LASIK surgery, but his eyes got bad after the LASIK, and they got just as bad as what my driving prescription needs to be. So I didn't know this at the time, but I did have this instinct that he had daily contacts, and I said, hey, can you throw some in your bag for me to use while I'm there? So I used them, and I was like a little huntress. I was like, fuck, finally seeing after two years of not looking <laughs> clearly through anything, but I was just finding all of these like animals are like such a good scout and it was so satisfying and I look back on it now like my inner voice is like well she's gonna go to <laughs> safari we need to make sure that she can see the animals and so it manifested not only the safari and everything that went with it but also the contact prescription that I needed exactly that's amazing and for anyone that listened to to your show will know that your life does seem to be full of a lot of these amazing coincidences yes, and just magic kind of magical things. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you allow the energy to line up for you rather than your effort. So I feel like a cheetah sloth. But actually, I met a cheetah on the safari. I met a cheetah. Met by, by that, I mean, we drove by one. And I was, look, yeah. I was like, okay, finally get to see this cheetah that I always say I'm like. And I look at him, and he's laying on the ground like a sloth. And I was like, well, sloths are in trees. But I was just like, that guy's just chilling there. He like couldn't even like basically get his chin up to even look at us. He was so lazy looking. And then I ended up Googling cheetahs afterwards, just out of curiosity. I was like, why is he just laying there? And it turns out they only move 12% of their day. And they're only the fastest land animal for three seconds at a time. So for like once a week or once every few days that the fastest land animal for three seconds and then 88% of their day they're just laying around like a sloth and so I was like oh my god this like that is me I'm not even just a cheetah sloth I'm just a cheetah which is when you can live from the impulse in yourself when you can live from that inner voice place within yourself you can start to sense when it's time to act and when it's time to rest and it's completely opposite most of the time of most people's conditioning you're usually resting I mean, it doesn't need to be this way, but it can be like you rest, rest, rest. And then it's like, then you act. I say that a lot of people are trying. My inner voice actually did a channel for the show and it said, your job is not to be the oven. Your job is to eat the cake. But so many people are trying to rub sticks together and keep the oven hot. They're trying to be the oven. They're trying to create their own reality rather than receive the reality. Their essence, the entire screen has created for the mind pixel to appreciate. So I just allowed the bigger essence of me to create for the little essence of me. The little body is receiving from its bigger self. Does that make sense? I just see that I'm like the bigger and the little in combination. And one is here to create, to be creation, the big screen consciousness essence, inner voice part. And it's trying to guide me to all the surprises, like the Easter egg hunt that it's created. It's not a hunt, like it's trying to hide them from me, but it's trying to guide me to where it's put the eggs. And I've just got to have the courage to follow the unknown into something new, to be surprised and delighted. But the mind hates uncertainty and it's terrified by it. So that's kind of this weird, that's where I go to the teacher and I go, okay, what's up with this whole big scheme? Like, why, why make it so hard? Why don't you just come in with the mind that's on board and just like wants to go look for the uncertainty? Why doesn't it want to do what you're wanting it to do? And it's like, well, we did, but you guys made it more difficult later, but we still love you and we still want you to do all of that. But you've now in the total sovereignty and choice that you had, you chose not our human bodies in this lifetime, but the humanity had chosen a path of fear. And so now we have the choice 
to choose otherwise. I love it. I love it. I know this might not be possible to do, but is there, like, if you were going to give people, like, three top tips. <laughs> I know, I don't right? think you can really put it into that, but if you were, are there certain things that you would suggest people to start to do? Relax as much as you can and accept where you are right now. It's not permanent. It just is where you are. And have so much compassion for the discomfort that comes up with where you are. Because there's nothing wrong with you. I watched my mind for the whole year, ask my inner voice, what's wrong with me? Did I do it wrong? Did I do it wrong? Did I do it wrong? And I'm watching this and I'm like, wait, I, I've heard this thought so many times. And I've heard my inner voice so many times, but I'm still watching that neuron fire. I don't know where that came from and how deep rooted that is, but there's nothing you've ever done wrong. You have free choice, but there's nothing wrong. Only the mind assigns that responsibility to anything. There's no wrong. There's just what is right now being chosen but there's no ultimate non-existence of your essence. So there's nothing in this reality that's quote unquote wrong. Um, so have compassion when the mind thinks it's doing it wrong because it's not, it just is where it is. It's like a little baby learning to walk. And the essence of us is watching that little baby learn to walk and bump its head and all that kind of stuff. And I always say, thank God the little babies don't have egos yet because their brain's not working fast enough to get to that egoic state because they could just like, I could go to a park and look at this person on a wheelchair and say, what's up with Judy over there? Why is she in the wheelchair? And my friend could say, nothing's wrong with her. When she was three months old or nine months old, she tried to walk. She tried for three months, pumped her head three times. She just gave up. So she just stopped. Thank God babies don't stop. Unless there's something physically wrong with the body, humans walk. And so the parents, thank God, also don't blame the kids for not knowing any better as they're doing so. They encourage them. And that's the essence of us is doing the same for us. So, so watch when your mind wants to beat yourself up for not being where it thinks it should be yet. So that's like number one. And then be kind to yourself. Like, do you have the courage just to try for a, a day or a week or a month, whichever one you think you can bear, <laughs> to just do the very kindest thing for yourself in each moment and be so nice to yourself like what is the nicest thing I could do for myself get a macaron go get a macaron what's the nicest thing I can do this doesn't mean eat 35 macarons and feel sick this is not like to the point where your mind is in control trying to fill a void this is in kindness so this is in eat the cake if you want to eat the cake but don't eat so much that you feel sick because that's not really kind and if it's to watch a TV show, watch a TV show. And then if it's to be on the sofa for three hours, be on the sofa, if that's what's kind. And then if it's to go get up and do something else, can you be kind to yourself and allow yourself to have the nicest possible experience of life? Can you allow that for a day or a week or a month and just see what happens if you're just kind? And then be nice to others, which is when you see them hustling or you see them trying so hard, you see them projecting their pain on someone else to realize it's just pain and fear. It's not their essence. It's not who they are. And not to try to change them either. Because you know if you could change yourself, you would. So they're doing the best that they know how to do. And even if it's not what you would choose, it's not kind to yourself or to them to hold it against them. So it's really not harder than that. We can make up all these rules and all these systems and steps but it's just about how are we going to go through this journey of evolving and that's natural it's not forced 
the mind just wants to force it into some pattern and structure mm -hmm. and certainty, but it's happening. So can we be kind to ourselves? Can we be nice to others when they're, they are where they are? And can we realize that we're not doing it wrong? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we'll probably wrap it up because I'd love to chat to you for hours, but I'll let you go soon. Um, do you do you do things like meditate then? Or are you, are you kind of beyond that? <laughs> well, I think I'm there so was curious. phases of it. So like there yeah. were times in my life where I thought I needed to. And so I would force myself to. And then there were times where I'd forget to do that after I'd forced myself to do it for a while. And then I would go, oh, I feel better when I do it than when I don't do it. So I'd get back into it a bit. Then I would get into it, like, <laughs> really get into it. And now I do it when it feels fun. Like, it's like watching a TV show. If I'd rather watch a TV show, I'll watch a TV show. But that doesn't mean that half the time I'm more likely rather meditate. But I don't look at it as any structure, per se. And I don't try to make it super formal anymore mm. so I just it, it's a part of my life but it's not um, a requirement to be in a certain structure it's just when it's the kindest most fun thing I can think to do in that moment interesting yeah I like it I yeah like it. and and so yeah people want to find out more about you <laughs> and what you do and what you're up to and how they yeah. can get involved in your work can you share about yeah that? the lively show on any podcast app that you could find and spotify as well actually so it's kind of also random and then also the youtube so if you want to find out the inner voice stuff and how to do this for yourself uh the lively show on youtube would be a good place to start there for that and then if you want to find yeah five years of podcasting content on all sorts of ranges of subject the, the show is evolved with my consciousness so um, it has many different types of shows and points of view as i was able to evolve and so just know whatever show you're listening to that was the, the highest place of service and value that I could give you at that point in my awareness and time and if you're not yet interested in going beyond the mind and you're really interested in exploring the potentials of the mind because that was a huge phase that I went through before this now not everyone has to go so far deep into that as I did I think more people are just gonna go oh yeah okay I'm just gonna reroute like I kind of found a a shortcut so you don't have to go through the long way of all of that but if you do like there's many seasons of the show that might resonate more than where we're at now and that's beautiful like grow with where you're at and what resonates for you with my content or anyone else's amazing thank you so much yeah, for speaking to me pleasure. i feel like i've just downloaded some <laughs> new programming it's so interesting to try to share about this stuff now because there's just so much it's like that bird flying across the bridge. Like there's so much to, that's covered underneath. So it's really interesting to talk about this stuff now because there's so much ground that's been covered or could be dissect, dissected mm. into smaller chunks. So it's interesting to try to meet someone on the first part of the bridge and go all the way across to where I currently am not. Maybe, you know, there's not like there's some end point, but put to cover as much it's an interesting experience hopefully it felt nice to listen to more than anything because i'm realizing that energy just shifts and so the mind doesn't need all these concepts so much as it just needs to feel a little more relaxed and a little more trusting and a little more in their chest than in their head beautiful thank you yeah Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you gained a lot from this episode. Come on over to Instagram and let me know 
what are you taking from this episode find me at chloe brotheridge and i would love it if you would leave me a review in the podcast app or in itunes subscribe to the podcast leave me a rating and is there someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast you can let them know by sharing this podcast i'd be so so grateful so i'm just wishing you a wonderful week ahead sending you loads of love hopefully you'll tune in again and i'll see you soon hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.